0: So what are you waiting for? Let's get Ready to Thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm really excited to share this conversation that I had with Ali Kazaza with you. She is a decluttering expert and we talk not only about decluttering stuff, but also decluttering life. And I thought it really made sense to re-air this episode during this mini-series on mental health because something that gets in the way of us thriving in our mental health is just our physical space. If things are cluttery, uh, it's really hard to relax. It's really hard to experience peace. So I want to talk about our physical spaces. Uh, But then also this conversation, she touches on what does it look like to declutter our life? Are we doing too much and that's one of the reasons in my mama get your life back group i really focus on helping women figure out what is really keeping them from rest giving themselves permission and figuring out sometimes how to do things smarter cuz there, there's so many things we have to do in life household tasks and paying bills how to figure out how to do things smarter so that we actually have the space in our lives to rest to play, to pursue the things that God has called us to. And so sometimes we're just bogged down with doing too much or we're managing our stuff so much of the time. And um, I came across Ali. I think it was the fall of 2017. I ended up buying this sort of decluttering course that she had and she was coaching women through it. And it honestly was such a game changer for me. It doesn't mean my house doesn't still get messy. My house gets messy every single day, three young kids, and we clean it back up. Uh, But I'm not stuck in it, and I'm not overwhelmed by it. I mean, I can get overwhelmed by it. If things get really crazy, for sure. But I know what to do. She gave me tools. And so that's one of the things I always want to pass on to women is tools. So that's my Tangled course. It really is it's tools for decluttering your soul. Like the the things that continue to come in the same way my kids bring in excess paperwork and rocks and crafts and all these things come into our house all the time. But I know what to do. I know how to figure out what's going to stay, what's going to go, where's this going to go. It's the same thing with my Tangled course as well, where it's like we have, we have stuff that has come from pain in the past, something someone said to us this morning, a look somebody gave us, um, relationships that have gone sideways. We have all these things that have really come in to our heart and our soul and they've taken up residence. And I really believe that when we don't pay attention to those things, they kind of start to come out in weird ways, right? Like I, I share in my Tangled book about how there was a something a, a friend had done that really hurt me. And I kind of just did that thing we often do where I I got over it, I pushed it down and didn't think about it again until a few months later there was a text message and that thing immediately popped up and I was immediately angry. And I was like, why am I, I'm angrier than I should be in this situation. But I realized, oh, this other thing hadn't been dealt with. So it popped up with it. And that's a great example of when in a relationship with our um, spouse where we start fighting about one thing and maybe we're fighting or having that conversation long enough to actually get to the root of the issue, we go, oh wow, this is, this is still there. Like if you've ever gone back and forth and all of a sudden you whip out a zinger of something from the past and you're like, okay, so we we actually haven't dealt with that thing. so it's it's still there. And so, um, I have a few, episodes that deal with both physical like decluttering and then kind of soul decluttering. Uh, episode six and seven, way back there, helps with a little bit more motivation, things that I've done with physical decluttering, that decluttering around our house. And I think it's episode eight. I don't remember off the top of my head that talks a little bit about, about soul decluttering as well. My Tangled um, book or course um, just helps get you going in that direction. Both of these things are hard. And I think that's why we're not always great at them because they require decisions. They require energy and effort. And we're like, oh, I feel overwhelmed. But, um, once we kind of have the tools, we know how to manage our, we know how to deal with our stuff. We know how to deal with the stuff in our soul. Then we have the tools for when things come our way and we don't get stuck in them. So, I hope this episode helps you Um, I'm sure it will help you uh, move one step closer to thriving one other thing I wanted to mention just a little action step if you are feeling overwhelmed with your to-do list if you're feeling stressed based on all the things you have to do uh, I have two quick tips for you one is to think about your week like a budget and rather than seeing all the things you have to do and trying to get them all done in one day, which sometimes leaves me paralyzed, so I do nothing, try assigning different tasks to different ta- days and actually be specific. I'm going to do this thing on this day at this time, and that can alle- alle- alleviate alleviate some of the stress because it's, it's going to get done over there. The second thing, You might find yourself in a season, as I did recently, where I was like, I I think I'm actually doing too much in general. And so get all of those things down, all the things that you're doing down on a piece of paper. And they could be things connected to your job, volunteering, things with kids, sports, making dinner, unloading the dishwasher, all the big things and little things. Put them all down on one side of the paper and then just sit with it. Go through it. And I want you to see... Is there anything you can eliminate? So is there anything that actually you're doing that doesn't need to be done, that you're just doing it because you've always done it? And this is hard. Maybe you've always volunteered teaching Sunday school and you feel like, you know what? That season has ended. Um, I picked the, you know, the thing that's, maybe the kindest thing to be doing, but maybe that's your, your kids. Uh, you've been coaching your kids' softball team, right? Is, is there anything you can eliminate that maybe you don't, need to be doing right now? Is there anything you can delegate? So thinking about meal prep, is there somebody in your house who actually is maybe capable? They're old enough, they could be doing maybe not all of the dinners, but maybe at least one night a week is their dinner night. So are there things you can delegate? And then procrastinate. Is there Sometimes we have our our stress in our to-do list and we think, I have to get all of the things done right now. Is that true? Can you put some of those things into next week's plan? Or even a month from now. And yes, they're very important, but can we not put it off forever, but put it off for a little while? So I hope that is helpful to you in just the discussion of decluttering, not only our stuff, but our lives as well. And that plays a key role in us thriving in mental health. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. I am so excited to have Ali Kazaza here. And I know that I say that phrase a lot, like I'm so excited, but this is, this is like for real, for real, real excitement. And so I'm going to let Ali introduce herself because she will do a much better job of that than I ever could. So Ali, tell me a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, I
1: am Allie. I'm married to Brian. We've been married for 12 years and I have four kids. My only daughter is 10 and then I've got boys who are eight, seven, and five. Um, all of my four kids were born in five years and I help overwhelmed women simplify their homes and their physical space and their like life space, their calendar, everything, so that they have more space for what actually matters.
0: I love it. Um, I love, and I want to come back to that idea of what actually matters. Because I think for, for you and what I've seen as I followed you is that that is the emphasis. The emphasis is not on just getting rid of stuff for the sake of getting rid of stuff, but it is so that we can spend our lives focusing on what matters. But I want to ask you first, um, how did this begin for you? Tell me a little bit of that journey. How did you start? Um, what brought this whole thing on?
1: Yes. So basically, I think like all good businesses and purpose driven businesses, at least, um, my business and what I'm doing today came from my own story and my own weaknesses. Um, so about eight years ago, I had just had my third baby um, and I had three under three. And so, of course, like that's a very overwhelming season to be in for anybody, but I was really not doing good. I was definitely depressed. Um, And it was like a situational depression. I'm actually very familiar with depression. It's something that is kind of always on my radar that I sort of tend to go to, um, especially after I have a baby. And so I was like aware of that, but it was different. It wasn't like a, gosh, I just need to like go and I need to get medicine. I need help. And it was like the situation of my life was heavy and I could just feel, especially as I prayed and like kind of brought it to the Lord that this was something that I needed to uproot. And I'm really intuitive as a person and as a mom. And I just knew like, this isn't something this time that I need to like go to the doctor and get that kind of help, which is so good and necessary at times, but not that time. So I was kind of in that place and just like talking to other women who were kind of like above and beyond my season of motherhood who had like raised their kids and bringing this problem to them. Like, I'm just really struggling. I really feel heavy. I really feel like when I wake up in the morning, I don't have the energy that I need to do the day. It's very um, unfulfilling. And I'm embarrassed to say that to you, but that's how I feel. And basically, the resounding answer that I got from these amazing women who I loved and respected was like, yeah, that's motherhood and you'll get through it. It gets a little bit better, but then they're teenagers and it's hard in a whole new way. So good luck. And it was just so cutting to hear these godly women that I respected and loved so much to say something so negative and like dooming. Like, I was like, okay, so not only is this not going to get any better right now, but it will temporarily get a little bit better and then get worse in a harder way, great. And I really believe like John ten ten is the verse about abundant life. And that has kind of become my life verse. And I really was clinging to that at that point in my life. And purpose has always been my word. Just this idea that God has given to me. And it's been a really special word to me. That's why it's all, it's the name of my S corp. It's the name of my podcast, it's the name of everything, because it is like my word. And I was like, where's the purpose in this? Where is the abundant life in this? Did you design motherhood to be some kind of temporary exception to this idea? Like, is abundant life internal? And it's not anything to do with the outer world. But I really believe that what we have going on internally is, you know, not in a woo-woo way, but a biblical way manifested into what our actual life looks like. And I've seen that to be biblical and to be true in my life over and over again. So I'm like, okay, what do I need to do here to get the abundant life? Like, what do I need to do to feel like there's purpose in this, like, wiping butts and boogers and making snacks and cleaning up constantly? Like, this season is so hard. Um, The other thing, Jacqueline, that I think is really important to mention is that, like, I was not living in the purpose of that season of my life. So I would say that the purpose of that season of my life was my children that was my mission field. I did not have my business. I did not have a desire or a knowledge about being an entrepreneur at that point in time. I was just a stay-at-home mom. I knew I was right where I was supposed to be, but it sucked. So if that's my purpose and you look at how I was spending my days, it wasn't aligned. I was spending my days shooing my purposes away from me and putting them in front of Dora the Explorer so that I could maintain the mundane. And that's like what I call it now, but I didn't have that kind of clarity back then to know that's what it was, but it was like cleaning up and maintaining my space. And actually like my home and my life and the management of obligations was literally pulling me from my purpose. And so you look at a problem like that and you're like, but what do you do? Because everyone says, this is just how it's supposed to be. And this is normal. This is mom culture that you can't remember the last time you took a shower and the house is just such a mess. And it's so constant. It's so hard. And everyone complains and just drink coffee till it's wine time. Ah." It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just sad, depressing.
0: Well, I love that you just pointed out that fact that um, that is kind of the tone that we hear uh, both inside and outside the church, this idea that this is just motherhood. It's just going to be like this. And so kind of like, well, suck it up until, yeah, they leave the home or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I love what you are saying here is that it doesn't have to be this way. And this actually isn't the way that God designed it. He designed for us to have this abundant life, motherhood included. And even just that you said, and I know that every mother listening here, can identify with this, that in order to cope, it really was this idea of, like, I'm going to push my kids over here because I, I need to make dinner. I need to clean. I need to do all these things. And I remember when my kids were young, I remember thinking, well, I have to make a choice. I can either be with my kids and connect with them or I can have a clean and happy home, right? Like, I, I need to choose one of those things. And so I love that what you're saying is that it doesn't have to be a choice. And so, and it's also,
1: it's also not this, like the other side of it is like, yeah, it's so hard and this is just the way it is, but like carpe diem, like just soak it up. And it's like, it's not, it's not the abundant life thing is also not that it's not this, like seize the day, like just enjoy it before it's gone. It's the idea of like, you are designed to be fulfilled to be in your purpose, to be owning that, and to be where you are called to be in different seasons of your life. So my purpose today looks very different than my purpose did back then. But you also know that like your purpose will fill you up because God desires for us to have the desires of our heart, to delight in him, to delight in where he's placed us, even when it's hard. Because motherhood is hard. So it's not about making everything easy and fluffy and perfect. Um, and having all these perfect days, but it is about knowing, like, this is good. Where I am is that I am tired. I feel like there's blood, sweat, and tears that went into this day, but it is good. And that is not how I felt. And that's not the conversation that I'm seeing a lot in motherhood, especially in the church, which breaks my heart. So basically, what I came to realize in that time, to, to wrap it up, in terms of the story part, is... If I just had less to maintain, if I just simplified, if I aligned my days in my life with what my purpose actually is, so essentially creating a physical space, creating a home, creating a calendar, creating even things like my laundry, the amount of clothes we have, the amount of stuff we have, the amount of things we say yes to, the amount of things we are volunteering for, all of these things in my life that are taking up my time. If I align those things with my purpose then maybe that's what a purposeful life looks like. Maybe that is what abundant life looks like in that stay-at-home mom of really little kids season. And so I, I tried it because I had I had this day with God where he just really showed me like, all you're doing in your day is literally reacting and cleaning up after a life I've called you to live. So I did that and I attempted that and I simplified my physical space first and it changed everything. It literally changed my entire life. I carried that over into every aspect of my life and really like that opened up the door to that abundance we're talking about. It opened up space for me to like, oh, I can sit down and play Legos with my son. It's not that I really wanna do that and I'm just dying to sit down and play Legos, but I have a choice. I have a choice to play Legos and or go read or go for a walk or you know sit down for a freaking second like as a mom um, instead of like I can't go be busy I have to do this it it, it moved away from that.
0: It's so good and I love even what you touched on the idea of um, when you are in a place of living out your purpose that that does really fill you in a way that naturally can spill over to your kids right because you are kind of you're living this. um fully formed self, right? And so mm-hmm. having that either, you're having your purpose in that time of child rearing, having that purpose in your career, all of those things that are really filling you up in a way that you're able to pour out to them, I think is huge. Because I think as, as moms, sometimes we can get afraid that um, our purpose has to look like somebody else's or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you, if you, for somebody listening, and they are thinking, I don't really know, where I'm at with my purpose? What would you encourage them to do? Or how how would you encourage them to kind of, like you said, um, aligning themselves with that purpose?
1: Um, I think it's two things. In my perspective, the first thing is to show up where you are. So Whatever your life looks like right now, like maybe you, maybe you work full time and you really want to be a stay at home mom, or you just, you don't mind working, but you want to have a job that you like better. And there's all these things that you just aren't happy with. Maybe it's the opposite of that, whatever it looks like showing up fully where you are and asking yourself, how can I simplify things? What is extra? What is just killing all joy in my life right now that I have control over? And what you don't have control over right now, like maybe the job you're in or whatever the, life, the lifestyle thing is, come up with a plan to like, okay, if I want to get here, what are the reverse engineered steps that I could take to plan to get out of this so that there's at least a light at the end of the tunnel? So showing up where you're at, having that plan. And then the second thing I think is talking to God about this. I feel like we forget how much he's in the day-to-day with us and we're not alone. Um, And it's super cliche to say that, but it's so true. I have found that the busier my life gets, the more I fit my time and my conversating with the Lord in the day-to-day, in the little moments. And that is always the biggest times of growth for me, actually, versus the times where I do have space to sit and have this big morning ritual where I'm reading the Bible and having all this quiet space, like actually the really full times where I'm just like talking to him when I'm driving in the shower, getting ready, like, you know, listening to my audio Bible app while I'm driving the kids somewhere. Like those are the times where it's like, he wants to be woven in with us in the day to day, not carved out just separate. And that's it. And then like you live your life and it's separate from him. And so I feel like talking to him about that and then also like showing up where you're at and being okay to say like, we have control over so much more than we give ourselves credit for. There's so much about your life right now, that you don't like that feels like you have no say. You totally have a say. It just might not be able to be said right this moment, but you can come up with a plan to like make that say your reality.
0: Well, I love those two tips and I hope people will actually rewind back and listen to those again and I think they go so well hand in hand that idea of you know you're talking to God and he may he may spark something for you where you say oh okay I hadn't really thought that this could be an idea right like I'm stuck in this job I don't like so you're talking to God and he's like well have you thought about this it's like well that seems impossible and far away and you mentioned two things that I loved one was Um, what do I actually have control over? So sometimes we believe that our life is out of our hands, but what are things um, I actually can do? And what the second thing that you talked about was reverse engineering. And so this idea of starting with that goal and working backwards, what are all of the little steps, right? Because we can believe that we need to arrive somewhere huge, not realizing it's going to actually be 20,000 little steps to get there, but we need to start Mm -hmm. making those little steps. Um, I want to talk Absolutely. about, for you, you said, um, just really practically, when you got to that place of beginning to declutter. Now, I think for some people who are in that space, their fear is, um, what are my kids going to say, right? You know, when I've started getting rid of some of their toys, or um, how do I do this? This is overwhelming. Like, what what did you actually do? And what was your kid's response?
1: So when I made these steps, the first thing that I did that first day where I kind of had that moment where I realized like, what if there was just less, Um, I started with my physical space, which I still teach. There's a lot of stuff that I teach that was the opposite of what I did back then because I had no guidance. Um, I didn't know that it was called anything. I didn't know that minimalism was a thing. There was no books or documentaries like trending about this. I didn't know. I just was in pursuit of something to help. Um, and so the first step that I took was decluttering the kids' toys only because at that point in time, our house was set up to where the dining area didn't really have like a table and we just ate in the kitchen because um, we had a table in there. And so the dining area was like bins full of toys, like it was just taken over by toys. And you could see that space from the front door, from the kitchen, from the family room, from the living room, from the top of the stairs. Like it was in the center of the house and it was so ugly and so overrun with stuff, and the kids didn't even use it, so it was like, it would be different if I'm raising kids, and I'm in the thick of it, I don't really care about what, if the house was perfect, like, I just, if it's getting used, fine, like, this is how my house needs to function for me, but it wasn't even getting used, they would wander in there, dump everything out, find their one or two favorite things, and, like, toddle out two seconds later, saying that they're bored when they had just had a snack. so it wasn't even keeping them busy, like, it was just literally, a a storehouse for too many toys and we had the first grandkids on both sides so they were just overrun with gifts and toys all the time so I tackled that first and my oldest was three at the time so my kids were really little so I was lucky that I was able to kind of like they were really too little to even have a say at that point um, but I was worried the next morning cause I, I did the whole thing at night while they were asleep. Um, and then I went to bed and the next morning I was like, oh my gosh, all I kept was the stuff that they like love and look for. Like if, the toys that were, it's like, if you leave it at Chick-fil-A, you go back cause you forgot it. Like you go back for it. Um, And like the things that sparked imagination and creativity, things that aligned with, again, going back to purpose, what aligns with the kind of childhood I want these kids to have. Um, So getting rid of all the really like light up, loud toys that do all the imagining for you. Like I got rid of all of that. Um, and so we were left with very little, but my daughter actually wandered in there that next morning and was super excited that the space was clean. She's like, mom, you clean so good. And she just started playing with like her favorite horse, little plastic horse toys. And I kept like dress up stuff, um, blocks, like, you know, age appropriate things that really left only room for imagination. They don't really do anything on their own. You have to like play and create the play with them. And that's what I wanted, And I will say too, for anyone listening with a young kid, that decision, my husband is so kind to always bring it back to that decision. He always like lovingly blames that on the reason that our daughter is like, has her own business. She's 10 years old. She has a business selling art. She makes money. She knows she has a sense of purpose. She has a sense of creativity. Like she loves, she knows who she is. And so does my oldest son. The other two are still pretty young, but my oldest two have that sense of self and purpose and um, know what they want to do with our lives. And he blames that, like that happy boredom that I created in our home. Um, and they were really young on that. And I think it's true. And so it's so good for your kids. So we started there and that was my kid's reaction to it. I have an entire course just about kids and minimalism because it's so tricky. Like, what if your child has autism? What if you, your kids are older? What if they're teenagers or preteens? Do you have a mix? What if you're their stepmom and they're being raised part time somewhere else? Like, it is so complicated. But I will say this it doesn't matter what your family style looks like, where your kids are at, how you've lived so far. This is so good for them. And it is such good parenting for you to walk them through the journey of simplicity. It is such a gift we can give them in this over materialistic, consumeristic world. Um, and it's always possible. It just depends on the situation.
0: That's so great. Um, and I think when you have that that filter, that view of you're not doing this to your kids, uh, you're doing it with them. And you're also, it is that mm-hmm. gift that you can give them and for um, them for them. Yeah, because I think... I, I mean, as you were describing things, I was like, I can totally appreciate that in my own journey with my kids and toys and stuff. And it it still continues to be that thing where stuff comes in at a insane rate, um, whether they're going to birthday parties, the loot bags or what all the stuff. It's just it kind of can seem like a a insurmountable um, thing that's coming at you. But I think one of the things that I appreciate about how you teach um Purging and minimalism is really how to have some good systems in place and how to tackle those things as they're coming in and deal with some of the um, reasons that we can struggle, get stuck with stuff. And so, what do you think are some of the main reasons women have trouble letting go or not even beginning this purging process?
1: There's so many. Um, and, you know, I empathize with each and every single woman who gets stuck because ironically, the act of simplifying can be super overwhelming and complicated because we do it to ourselves. Um, But a lot of women get stuck because they think that their spouse has to be on board completely for them to simplify, which is not the case. My husband was like, what? Like we spent money on this stuff for two years. He was really, he really struggled. Um, And I, you know, you Compromise—that's what compromise is for. If you wanted to get healthier and your husband was like, "I want Taco Bell every day," do you just like stay unhealthy and make yourself sick because he doesn't know? You would figure it out. Like, there's always ways to figure it out. I think they also struggle. Um, women are so good at at giving of themselves and nurturing and being emotionally driven, and it is our superpower and our downfall at the same time. So a lot of women struggle with like, "Well, my aunt Sally gave this to me." for my wedding so she would just freak out if she knew that I got rid of it or what if she comes over well what about this that my in-laws gave me and they already don't like me very much so if they find out that I got rid of it it would just be a whole thing and it's easier to keep it and you're literally what takes up your space takes up your time so you are literally saying that other people's opinions of what stuff you keep is more important than your time with your family and like your purpose and when you put it in that perspective which is the truth it really kind of like those excuses don't hold much weight anymore. So I think it's all in perspective. And then another thing that I see a lot is just not knowing where to start. So women hear my message. They hear me interviewed on a podcast like this or some of them even buy the course. They go all in, they're super excited. And then they just like, oh wait, I'm still gonna have to make decisions. And they freeze up and they get overwhelmed and they do nothing. And two, three plus years later, They're still in the same place of spending their evenings and weekends, catching up on tasks that will never get caught up. They're owned by their stuff rather than the other way around, which is the way it's supposed to be. And it's unhealthy and it's not good. And their life is spent cleaning up rather than being present. Um, And so it's really sad that we get held up on these things. But those are the three that I see the most.
0: And I'm sure you also probably can see how, um, on the flip side, when women finally have gone all in and they've said, OK, I'm, I've tackled, I've, I've gotten rid of Aunt Mary's crystal vase that I've been holding on to or those things. And what is the response from women when they finally have done it, like they finally cleared that clutter? What, what kind of re- reactions do you get from women?
1: Yeah. So the most, the funniest thing to me, and it makes me so happy because every time somebody writes me this, they say it like, like they're the first person to ever say it. And they're like so happy. And I I don't say anything, but I'm like, I get this like every day, multiple times a day. But it's so cute. They'll like, I always say start in the bathroom because the bathroom is the easiest place to start because you don't normally have like really emotionally charged items there. It's like things that are easy yeses and nos. Really nothing's being donated. It's like trash turkey. Um, and so women will do that and they're like, okay, I, I always had just started, I'm just going to do this. And they they do it and they feel so good in there. They'll email or DM me the next day. Like I'm sitting in my bathroom right now, having my morning cup of coffee because it's the only place in the house I want to be. And they say it like, I know this is so weird and you've never heard this, but I'm having my coffee in my bathroom or in my bathtub. I hear all that a lot. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. It's so great. And I'm like, everyone says the same thing because they start there and they realize, oh my gosh, I don't even want to be in the rest of my house. Like I'll just have my, my, my morning quiet time and my coffee sitting on my bathroom sink because it's the only place I want to be in. And I always say like, don't stop, keep going because what would happen? Like just imagine with me for a second, if every nook and cranny of your entire house, every room felt like that all the time. And it took you 20, 30 minutes a day to just like pick up at the end of the day. And you were spending your time choosing, like, where are you going to be present? Not what do you have to do, but where are you going to be present? And you have a say, you have a choice. This is where it opens up for people to do things they always say they want to do, but they feel like they can't do or they are trying to do it all, but they're not doing it well. Like this is where I saw an opportunity to homeschool my kids and I had that time and that mental energy. This is where my blog came in. And then it turned into a business and now it's my family's livelihood. Like lives change when you just get rid of the excess. It's crazy.
0: Well, I love that. And I'm sitting here going, yes, like that is that's my story. And that's where I think I first came across you two and a half years ago. And it was in this season of I had been trying to declutter for a while and I was uh, telling Allie earlier before we got on the recording just about how I was going down memory lane looking at some notes that I had in my phone from a long time ago and I knew that I was sick of my stuff owning me and I was sick of just dealing with dealing with the clutter and feeling like I would I would clean up and be so excited and then it would be a disaster again and that felt so discouraging And um, so I think part of what um, really makes, I think, Ali's courses and her message and everything really unique is she's dealing with a lot of those um, things that keep us stuck mentally. Right. Those those blocks, like even just when she used that example about um, how we we don't want to get rid of something because, you know, we don't want to hurt people's feelings or we spent money on something. And so she deals with a lot of those mental things that help you. Be able to ask those good questions of yourself, do that work and find freedom. And so I think um, the thing that I have really loved about this process of decluttering is that for me personally, I know this is true of other women, when you finally are able to clear the clutter in your home, you find that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm actually able to deal with emotional clutter. And spiritual clutter and all this other stuff that you don't realize has been kind of hanging out there. Um, and so that's where I do think, like Allie talks about this idea of John 10.10, 10, like the abundant life that God wants us to have is that light and free life. So with our, we clear away this physical clutter, but also make that space for um, dealing with the other stuff. and then, And then what else does God want us to do? So for me, it was kind of diving into this writing and speaking thing. Um, that I had time and space for. And so even, yes, my home will still get messy, but it's not um, a huge deal to be able to clean it up a little bit every once in a while, right? Like
1: it's- um, That's the thing. Like, Like that's it because I think a lot of the time, and you know, my job is weird. Like I'm doing photo shoots and video shoots and like people come into my house with cameras and everything is made pretty because we don't want distractions right if there's like a big green extension cord hanging in the back wall and a photo like people will hyper focus on that or like be distracted by that and not read the caption that's going to change their life right so they this team of people comes in and makes everything pretty that's not how it is all the time and so it's like you know it's not my fault that you guys won't convert over to like the thing you need to help you if it's if the picture isn't pretty, right? So you make it all pretty. But then they think even though I'm saying it every day, like it's not always like this, this is this was made pretty. Um, There's stuff in my house, there's shoes on the floor, there's a jacket thrown on the couch, there's toys out, there's things out all the time, people live here. And it's happy. And it's good. People think that it's going to be perfect. And it's not perfect. But it is like 90% lighter. It's so much easier to clean up at the end of the day, to make, to put dinner together, not only because there's less physical maintenance, because you have more mental space. So meal planning, getting my home and my family into a rhythmic flow during the week. It's, I have the mental capacity to even think about all those things because everything is so much lighter. So there's still bad days. There's still yelling that happens here. There's still apologies that need to be made to the kids because I messed up. There's, you know, dinner's skipped and I just ordered Taco Bell instead. Like there's still messes in the sink that I just leave for the next day because I just didn't care that day. But I have choices. Things are lighter. It takes 30 minutes instead of four days to get the house to where it needs to be.
0: Well, and I appreciate that you just said that too, because I think that's what really comes across following you on Instagram and in your podcast that you're not saying, hey, I live with robots and we, you know, we are OCD over here, but it's it's um, we're living a real life. We're living a full life. And with kids who, you know, like they we all have personalities, but we're also living this abundant life together. We're choosing these things. And I think from that space where you can clear the physical clutter and you're able to clear that mental clutter, you actually can step back and say, okay, what is the vision I have for my family? What are some of the values or goals or things that we actually want to be um, as this family? And so I think that's also key and th- something that you also talk about. I love, there was actually one of your very first episodes on your podcast, uh, The Purpose Show. I've shared with many people. It's, I think it's episode four, The Power of Positive Words for Your Kids. And again, just being able to step back and and clearing the clutter away, clearing the mental clutter, you can say, okay, maybe I need to work on what am I saying over my kids? What am I saying to my kids? And I wanted to share that episode on here because that has been such a key um, for me. Even I think I printed off um, a list that you had of just things we can say and just really being intentional um, about a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I love that you've really been intentional about that has really shaped a lot of my day as well is just a morning routine. And I know for you, your morning routine has evolved over the years based on where you've been at Uh, but can you just share with me a little bit about the power of having a morning routine in general and a little bit about what you do
1: yeah totally so yeah it has evolved and it went from like pretty much non-existence except for just having coffee and then like squeezing in a quiet time like as I I it makes so funny I'm in some mom podcast so I can share this here but even just like when I'm peeing like god just be with me today this is rough like I'm just not having it today and that being it that was that was my morning ritual like that was pretty much it because my kids are like all under five and it's crazy but now it's like I'm in a different season and my my youngest is five and he goes to um you know pre-k or whatever and so three days a week so it's like there's just space and quiet my kids want to go and do their own thing and um it's just different so it's now it's like this big thing that I do every morning and it's like I actually find myself I soak it up and I love it but I actually find myself sometimes missing the simplicity of just sneaking it in and like trying like you savor when you're reading you savor it and you savor when you get to like take a long hot shower and like talk to God like you savor that so much more. Now it's like, just kind of always there. Um, and so it's funny, it's funny that the thing you waited so long to get to, you're like, Oh, I miss like, just praying while I drove to with the kid somewhere. And that was all I had. But God just met me there. And it was special. Like now it's like, I can still do that. But I also have this like morning time. So I think it's important, no matter what season you're in to have some form of morning time. So I call it my morning ritual, because routine feels limiting to me. I hate that word. But that's I mean, I use it because that's, you know, SEO, business problems, that's what people are searching for. But I think it's, it's a ritual because it's it's this practice that I sit and I press pause for and I show up for and it's calm, it's peaceful routine to me is very like, I need to do these things to get here by this time. And for me, like, I don't want my morning to feel that way. So I get up pretty early. And I just like, I open my Bible and then get my coffee first. And it's kind of like, wake up to life. And then I just kind of talk to God about what I read. Sometimes it's like, eh, didn't really do anything for me. And that's okay. I'm just like, just here for you, God. Like I just, whatever you want to say to me. Um, I also have a meditation app called Calm and you can put like a really soothing timer that won't like blare in your ear when you're meditating. (laughs) Um, And I'll put it on for at least 10 minutes. And I am literally just sitting still in a meditative state and just asking God to sit with me. And I'm just, I'm not thinking if a thought comes, I put it away from me and I'm just controlling my mind. And then it's a gratitude practice. So just sitting for a few moments and like spouting off, even if it's a super juvenile, simple list of things that I'm grateful for. Um, because when you set the tone of gratitude for your day, your perspective shifts, like scientifically, it's shown that like the rest of your day, you're going to have that filter um, kind of seeing your day through rose colored glasses. Um, and it's really magical, actually, how God made our brains like that. Um, and then sometimes I read, usually I listen to an audiobook while I get ready and that's my reading now, but that's pretty much the gist of it. And it kind of morphs as needed um, throughout the seasons of my life and whatever the week looks like that week.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, even just that you've, you have those few things that you've put into your day, like you said, with the um, gratefulness and thankfulness that kind of what you start your day with is really what's going to grow throughout the day. And so you've just said, Hey, I want to start, I want to start my day here. And I know, uh, cause I've heard you lots um, enough to know this, that, and I feel the same way that you can still wake up grumpy, right? You can still wake up and be like, Oh, this, I'm not feeling it today. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But that you're saying, Hey, I'm going to be disciplined." And I can still turn this around, that same idea that you're talking about earlier of choices, right? Like I have a choice to what I'm going to start my day with, what I'm going like, to insert into my brain, being thankful and all that kind of stuff that is going to help um, steer that ship. Because I think for a while um, I lived in that space of, well, I woke up grumpy. Oh, well, it's just going to be a bad day. Right? And it is what it is. And now yeah. that's how it
1: is. Um, another thing, too, that I just want to say, because I know moms are listening to this is like, if you're not a morning person or it's just not your season, like maybe you have to get up early, but you have to go to work. Maybe you just don't wake up early because you were up all night with a baby or you're just not a morning person. It just doesn't light you up. Like that's okay. Um, I think the only thing that I tell people is like, if you can just, when you open your eyes, make it a habit to immediately throw yourself into like 10 things that you're grateful for. I mean, literally this is silly. We're recording this around Christmas time, but like I, this morning I have a, pile of wrapping paper over in the corner of my room right now that I'm looking at and this morning I woke up just like on the wrong side of the bed you know just annoyed at nothing and that was just you you know it can be like that or I can change it and I woke up and I immediately just threw myself into gratitude begrudgingly and I was literally like I'm thankful for wrapping paper like it's so dumb But literally, like, that's all it takes. Like, that's, your brain just needs to go to that place. Like, I'm grateful. Um, We watched this show called King of Queens. It's like an old show with Kevin James and my husband, and I love it. And it it brought me so much joy in the middle of the night when I had insomnia. I was like, I'm grateful for wrapping paper. I'm grateful for King of Queens and Kevin James and just ridiculous marriage humor. I'm grateful for music. I'm grateful for Christmas time. I'm grateful for my jewelry that's hanging over there. Like, I'm so thankful that I can buy little things that make me feel put together. And then it spiraled and it grew grew and it and exploded and I didn't have my morning routine but all I did was if you can just throw yourself into a list of 10 things you're grateful for right when you open your eyes even if you're nursing a baby at that time or whatever it is that's it you don't need to have a morning ritual you don't need to have any kind of routine you don't need to read your bible every single day it's just not your time if it's not your time and like that's crazy people get so mad when I see that but it's like the god that I serve the god that picked me up out of postpartum depression and like held me when it was like the worst most awful time of my life would never be like you're not reading your bible every day like it just doesn't make any sense we do that to ourselves religion does that so don't read your bible every day if you can't don't sit down and have this massive prayer time if you can't weave him into your day close your eyes and take a deep breath and feel the wind on your face while you drive put on worship music talk to him while you do the dishes be grateful when you're, when you're pissed off, when your day is not going well. And that's all it takes. God shows up because he's right here with us. He doesn't need us to sit down and read, you know, first Peter, whatever all day, every day. Like he doesn't, that's not where he shows up. Um, and I think that moms in the thick of it need to know that it does not need to be this big ritual that you do every day. Like mine is in this season.
0: I love that. Well, I love that you just shared, like he's God's really going to meet us where we're at. We don't have to mm-hmm. create this pomp. Um, and that you've even shared how things have changed for you over the years. And I think that's true. Like, we're going to be continuing to um, evolve our time as our kids evolve, as our life evolves. Um, and I want to know, like, as your um, business has changed, as everything has grown, um, I just want to ask you a question about marriage. Like, how do you stay uh, connected to your husband as all of this stuff, you know, with having four kids, having a business, what is something you guys do to stay connected?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. And I love talking about this. Um, first of all, I feel like it's a friendship thing more than a marriage thing. Like, what do friends do? They talk to each other. They connect. They hang out together. Um, They want to be together and they act like they want to be together. So my husband and I have been, it's been very difficult over the seasons too, but we've been like crazy, really intentional to spend time together. So we have a date every single week. I mean, even like freshly postpartum bring the baby and like get out of the house alone leave the other kids and just go and like go for a walk around the lake or go sit at a coffee shop um now it just like everything else if you were not noticing it gets easier when they get a little older now it's like we go to dinner every friday night and sometimes we go to lunch during the week if the if we get a break like we hang out a lot um and we want to because we cultivated that liking each other relationship when things when the kids were little and things were hard um And just like remembering that you're on the same team, you're not against each other. So when Brian needed me to show up and support him because he was working really long days and I was super unfulfilled as a stay-at-home mom, I was so unfulfilled. And that was just, that's just who I am. And it's something that I need to be okay with admitting and not not feel bad about, but I was just not happy. And I, but I was where I needed to be at that time. And he was doing what he needed. And I showed up for him and I did what he needed me to do. I was always asking like, you're working so late. Are you going to be hungry when you get here? Like I'll reheat you dinner. I'll show up for you. And now it's reverse. Now I'm the breadwinner and my business is everything for us. And he's the stay at home parent. And he's like, okay, I'm going to, when are you going to be done with this interview? Like, are you, let's go have lunch together. Let me make you food. Like he, it's reverse. And I think just this act of showing up for each other, he didn't always do that, but I did. And sometimes it just takes one and the other one will come around later and that's okay. So I know that's a little bit sporadic, but those are just the things that come to my mind of like how we've kind of stayed close because we have this really, really close friendship type of marriage that I get asked about a lot. And I really think that's the only thing we did that led us here.
0: Yeah. Well, I love that there's a theme throughout all of what you've been talking about. And it's this idea of just cultivating. And so you have cultivated a friendship in your marriage. You are getting out there, having your date night every week, you cultivated gratitude. You even just spent time um, working on your business, working on purging and all those things. Uh, we live in this like right now instant world. And I think what you're showing people is that these things can take time, but it's worth the time. It's worth investing and just stepping back and seeing, um, seeing where you want to go. And so for you, as you um, head into the new year, what will you be doing? And I know this podcast is going to air just after the new year, but it's, um, what are you going to do as you head into the new year just to prepare for what this year ahead is going to look like for you?
1: Yeah. So um, for me, it's like, I look at the sections of life one at a time. So like there's been seasons where I really focused on my marriage and I really like dove into like, why does this feel tense? Like what, what is the problem? Like, how can I troubleshoot this? Like, how how can I locate where the pain points are and do something about it? And the same thing in my business and in my parenting. And now that my kids are older, individual kids. It's like a relationship with each individual kid because they're not like a herd of toddlers and babies that I need to schlep around with me. They're older and they have personalities and um, opinions and events and things to go to that are separate from us. Um, and so now it's like, for the new year, I'm looking at all those different like pillars of my life and like my business, my kids, my husband, my friendships, all these things, and I like to go over each pillar and spend a little bit of time on it. Before each year, I also do this right before my birthday, which is in like late spring. Um, but I love those times of year because it's like check in, it's like get check time. And so I go over each pillar and write out honestly, like what am I not happy with? And sometimes it's nothing, but usually there's at least a couple things. And then I look at like, okay, what is the most pressure that I feel? Like what needs to be dealt with right now? And that's the thing that I'll focus on. So right now it's my business. I'm starting a second business, and I need to get this current business where I serve mothers like very, very automated, so I can be non-existent in the back end, but very existent on the front end where people are seen. So that's, like, my high priority and my, like, high, uh, I feel that urgency to get that done. So that's what I'll be really focusing on the first, like, couple of quarters in the new year. But last year, it was my relationship with my husband. Like, I just felt like we hustled together so hard, but, like, we need to, like, reconnect. And so we, like, took a trip. And we spent a lot of time together and we meant maybe that's when we started going out for a date night and not just like sitting on the couch together. Um, So does that make sense? Like totally. Yeah. Going over the pillars and then prioritizing them.
0: Well, I think that's so good because even if, you know, we're listening to this in the new year, we can feel behind like, Oh, I haven't set my goals, but I think what you're saying there is so good for any time of year, but just to set some time aside and be really honest with yourself in the various areas of your life, what things are going well, what actually needs to be focused on. And then similar to what you said earlier, Mm -hmm. like what can I control? What can I reverse engineer? What can we focus on? And so I love that you're super intentional with that. Um, The other thing I want to just touch on at the very end here is you have something going on right now that if women want to get a jump start on their cluttering or (laughs) decluttering, on their cluttering, that's happening all the time. Yeah, they're decluttering. (laughs) They're decluttering. um, You have declutter like a mother that you run every January. Can you just tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. I love to clutter like a mother. It's a really good time for me to like reconnect with my tribe and help them. Like, we just don't take any crop during this time of year. We just like, no excuses. We are going all in. We grab our trash bags and we get rid of stuff that needs to go. Like what takes up your space, takes up your time. So let's literally create more time Everything we bag up is literally more minutes in our week. And that is so empowering, especially when you're doing that with like 100,000 women across the globe. It's amazing. And it's just this like this energy that's like, you can't deny it. Everyone has so much success with it because I really think it's an energy of all the other women in the same place as you. So it's a two-week challenge. It's normally been 30 days, but this year we shortened it. And I really looked at it and tweaked it so that the people participating could have optimal success. Um, and so it's two weeks. So we're like partway through it now, but you can join anytime. And it is like, it's a place where action happens. So there's like a lesson that comes out, um, almost every day, not so much on the weekends. And I'm telling you, like, this is what we're going to focus on. This is what we're going to do. This is how you do it. Go and do at least 30 minutes, just 30 minutes a day, small chunks of progress lead to big change.
0: I love that. And so let's just say somebody does declutter like a mother and they're like i really want to do a little bit more what course would you recommend that they purchase from you like what is a, a good start yeah. place
1: the your uncluttered home is kind of like my signature course and it's really step 1 like an alley land as my team calls it because it's like you you can't really you can simplify your calendar you can simplify your life but if you're constantly cleaning up you're not going to really have time to that so the home has to be step 1 and that's why i made your uncluttered home it's like the color like a mother is a surface scratch of this stuff because yeah. you can only do so much on like a free two-week challenge but um I have like a roadmap in the p- paid program where you're gonna finish your entire house in a couple weeks like not just like a challenge 30 minutes a day we're gonna do this there's a two-week plan a four-week plan and a six-week plan depending on if you work or how busy you are but we don't mess around this doesn't take months this doesn't need to take up your life let's just get it done so that you can be on the other side talking about your home like Jacqueline and I are and like you're feeling really good at It's very easily maintained. Then we go on to like lightening your load in all the other areas. So your own cluttered home is step one.
0: I love that. And where can people find those courses? Um, Actually, I created a
1: page just for you guys where there's a link to the clutter like a mother. There's a link to um, a free like PDF. That's just like, if you don't want to do the challenge, but you just like want to know more and where to start. Um, And then also there's the course there. So you guys can kind of pick your own adventure there, but it's just alexa.com slash ready to thrive.
0: Awesome. Thank you. That's so awesome. I'm excited. Uh, well, Ali, I have loved chatting with you. And if also people want to find you on Instagram, where do they find you? Yeah, I will link that on the page okay. as well. But it's um, just search Ali Casaza on Instagram, and I'll come up. Okay. Well, Ali, this has been so good. I appreciate um, how you are just serving women so well. You do such a great job. Thank you. Uh, Being vulnerable in your life as you share your wonderful husband and kids who i actually had the pleasure of um meeting brian and actually as i met him i must have been a bit hormonal at the time because i totally started crying just like "Ah, this has been so oh um, yeah no he told me he told me that and he was like i just like wanted to hug her but i I didn't know but, if that would be okay. But she uh, she ran <laughs> she away. She ran away. Oh, this was when we were at a conference together in Nashville. It was awesome. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> i love to meet Ali and her beautiful family. And just, I love how you are serving women and really changing lives. And so thank you. Thank you for being on my podcast and thank you for all you
1: do. Yeah. Thank you for even wanting to have me on here to talk.
0: It's an honor. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, Podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com.